It's time for NRL Supercoach Roundtable Discussion. We go a little bit deeper in our quest for victory. Now, here's your hosts, Holly G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanson, and Andrew Moldock-Molinaroli. Yes, and hello and welcome to our special grand final edition of the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And uh, Pete joining me, of course, for this uh, grand final edition. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good. Thanks, Paul. Very excited for the grand final coming up. It's been a, been a quick season, actually, I think. Yeah, the two Queensland teams making making it, of course, and Andrew Muldog Mullinaroli with us as well. Um, what did you make of the final series so far? Yeah, it's good, mate. Every every week, I'm really looking forward to it. Every game, and uh, the sad part is, is one more game to go, and looking forward to that. But then there's going to be no footy on, so it's a bit of sweet. But yeah, it's been it's been a pretty good uh, final series, and uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for the Cowboys. Just have to start watching uh, Jared Hayne in the uh, NFL instead. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. Well, it is amazing how quickly it, the season's gone, and I guess. Um, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're sort of looking back on the 26 rounds more than the final series from a Supercase perspective, looking at those top performers, of course. Um, I should mention, though, uh, Ryan MS with us, with us tonight. He is uh, legitimately trying to be the next Jared Hamewell of sorts. He's playing uh, Gridiron tonight, so not with us tonight. But um, let's let's have a look now at the fullbacks. And I guess... Um, Pete, Roger Tavares-Shek leading the way there in both the fullback and centre and winger position, 77.42 average, going to the Warriors next year. Sean uh, Johnson likely to be back healthy as well. Uh, there's a lot of upside there. Great year, not only this year, but, but looking forward as well. Yeah, not bad for a bloke who's really only had his first full year at fullback with him, sharing the role previously with Anthony Minicello. Um, and then we're wondering who he was with uh, Tavares-Shek's excellent year. But yeah, will it transfer to the Warriors? It's been a bit of a graveyard for some players. Um, he'll be certainly one to watch next year. Um, you'd be mad to pass him up, really, though, next year. You'd, you'd expect him to have another great season. Not a great final series by his standards, but yes, yeah, certainly you'd expect him to, to go well again next year. Two standout fullbacks this year, uh, Andrew. The other one was, of course, James Tedesco from the Tigers in a team that was pretty poor all, all year round. He was the one showing light average, 74.25. Yeah, mate, with uh, Teddy, he just kept surprising me. I, I, I was a bit of a doubter mm. all year, but um, he just, whenever he, he played, he just put up numbers. He scored tries, he set them up, he broke tackles, he, he you know, he did it all. And, and like I said, kept surprising me. And maybe another one to watch. He, he might even be on the origin radar next year. So, yeah, again, like I said, surprising, but not really. He's always had the potential, hasn't he? So, good good season without, without his injuries. And um, again, I'm happy for him to... First full season, of course, uh, um, in, in the top grade. And, and we're going to go from wondering about the, the injury-prone tag. Okay, we can maybe move on from that to wondering about the origin tag. And now you're thinking, do you pick him up early next year or do you go with Tavasashek, of course, who's, who won't be playing origin as he's a, he's a New Zealander. <laughs> um, Anthony Milford, the other one um, there, of course, he's a 5'8", and we'll probably talk about more about him in the 5'8 segment. But he actually came in third because of that dual position at fullback. So it goes to show the real gap between the top two and uh, the rest of the fullbacks. Let's look at um, centres and wingers. We mentioned two of us, Shek, of course, um, who may not be eligible to play there, I would assume, next year. But we look at then the consistency, Pete, of Jared Croker for the Raiders and kicking those goals. 
They did have good matchups all year. Canberra had a soft draw. They might not be so lucky next year, but certainly for consistency, hard to find in that position. But Croker's one that does give it to you. Yeah, he scored a, kicked a lot of goals for the Raiders this year. They're one of the highest scoring points uh, teams in the competition, in fact. And yeah, no, he did a he had a great season. A very accurate goal kicker, a good runner, and yeah, he's got a, a part of a very good backline. And you expect him to do well again next year, probably with. Uh, Blake Austin doing very well, helping his game no end this year too. And Aiden Caesar's going down there too next year. So that's, yeah, I think with centre and winger, Andrew, you really are looking as much as you can for that consistency. Of course, you want the upside, the guy that can go large each year, uh, each game, I should say, but you, you, you've got to balance it out. You can't have all four positions um, with the big, big variance between their highs and lows. Well, that's right. I mean, last year, Croker didn't have a great year and, and the year before, I believe um, he was one of the guns, and mm. again this year he's kind of had an up year. So it's it's all about getting him on on the upswing, I guess. But um, that's the beauty of having, I guess, someone like a Josh Jackson in in the back line to to kind of fill for those uh, consistent kind of scores. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, Croker only had one score over a hundred all year, so the, the consistency has started to come. Maybe under Ricky Stewart, we'll, you know, we'll see more next year. But I, I think as well, a banker. I mean, Next year is Aiden going to kick goals. That's a good point. Yeah, Croker's a good goal kicker. So that, yeah, they both, I mean, they really both are. Both so it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a toss-up, isn't it? One of, someone's going to suffer. And Croker yeah. won't be cheap. So because of his big year this year, there's going to be a lot of lot of, lot of of question marks, actually. It's, uh, it's a good that you mentioned that because in the off-season, around the November time, we will be doing a... Um, off-season podcast, looking at some of those variables, the changes, the gains and losses to each team. So stay tuned in the off-season to www.supercoachpros.com or on our Twitter handle uh, at supercoachpros, P-R-O-S. Sammy Red Raja as well, uh, Andrew, I wanted to, to mention him, um, an average of 81.11, a massive average. Of course, he missed a lot of games early in the year through injury. I think he had um, six games out. Um, from rounds three to round eight, but that average, that's outstanding. I am, especially for a winger, and, and to, to top to try scoring list and miss six games, it's, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> He's just a freak. Um, I, I think we've mentioned it before. Takarangi really did help him, but he just knows how to finish, doesn't he? And he like I said, breaks tackles, loves the line breaks, and he just looks like a hard human to tackle. 13th overall in Supercoach performance. For a winger, that's amazing. For a winger that missed six games. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're all attacking points too because he's not doing any tackling, you know. <laughs> Two other guys that kind of shone in, in losing um, teams, James Roberts from Gold Coast and Dane Gagai from the Knights. Pete, yeah, there was more up and down with these guys. You couldn't trust them all year, but the reality is, you know, third and fourth on, on the list or the fourth and fifth, if you include Tavasi Shek on, on the list for centers and wingers, that's a pretty good pretty good performance. Oh yeah, and considering the teams that they're in, but they were absolute standouts. You watched the watched the Titans this year and any time that James Roberts got the ball, he was a, a massive threat. I remember the game against the Bulldogs up there which they won and, and the guy just put on one of the you know, scored one of the best individual trials of the year. Um yeah, feeding off Caesar, so it will be interesting to see uh, what happens in the in the halves up there. Uh, next year with uh, the Newcastle halfback Tyrone Roberts going up there to see what impact that has. Uh, hopefully the, the Titans will you know, get him a little bit more ball. And once again, you talk about origin prospect with Jared Croker. 
they could do worse than looking at James Roberts as well, um, a fantastic talent and the fastest player in the game without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, well, that's right. And Dane Gagai, well, he replayed Origin. Yeah, he he looked, you know, looked very average in a couple of games early in the year, but then, yeah, once again, similar to Robert, speed to burn and, yeah, a good ball player as well and, you know, super consistent and, you know, let's hope he, he goes well there next year. He's going to have Hodkinson yeah. to run off, so it'll yeah, be interesting if, if he gets a run at fullback um, maybe next year with um, Brown going there because, I mean, he's whenever, whenever he played there, he played pretty well. So um, with Gagai going, um, if, he, if he goes fullback, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Because yeah, he needs to touch a ball more, doesn't he? That, and that's he what we saw in those games he did. But Jake Mamo looks so mm, good there. Yes. I just wonder whether the, yeah. you could possibly how you can manoeuvre that. I mean, yeah. Mamo can play in the three quarters as well, so it's not the end of the world, but I just I just wonder that would be a bold move, putting Gagai at fullback, considering what Mamo offers. Yeah. Maybe they could do the interchange thing that the Roosters did a couple of years ago with Minichello and Silvassa Sheik. It will certainly be interesting whether, whether they go with Gagai or Mamo. I mean, Sione Mataudi is there as well, so I guess that's the uh, that's sort of the, the three op- options. Yeah, he was pretty under underutilised this year, wasn't he? Let's um, he certainly was. Let's have a look at some of the other centres and wingers. Curtis Rona was right up there too. He really got going in the um, Supercoach finals, Pete. The last four rounds of the regular season, 84, 80, 81 and 100, sort of offsetting some lower scores just before that, was pretty consistent up till sort of two-thirds of the way through the season. But Yeah, well, you know... When the Bulldogs bought this bloke from the Cowboys in the offseason, I thought, geez, who's this bloke? And if he's any good, why would the Cowboys let him go? But apparently the Cowboys couldn't match the offer or whatever. But uh, had a great season for the Bulldogs. Second highest try scorer, as we said, only behind uh, Rad Radra. Uh, on the end of a good back line, admittedly. But he was outstanding. He finished, he scored some tries um, you would expect from a much mm. more senior winger than a bloke Very really playing his first year in, in first grade. And once again, also very quick. Maybe opposition defences started to work him out at the end of the year, uh, cut him off a little bit. But, um, yeah, and maybe perhaps the injury to Hodge, uh, to Hodkinson may have affected his late scores. But, you know, I think um, no, a terrific young player and he's going to be there or thereabouts again. Yeah, well, he got going the last four rounds. So if you had him, you might have gone all the way for a grand final win. Um, Andrew, Will Chambers actually came up next ahead of those second rowers you were talking about. But the top one wasn't. Josh Jackson or Aidan Guerra or maybe someone would have expected it was Bodine Thompson. Well, that's, yeah, that, I mean, that was a surprise, wasn't it? But mm. again, he had a decent season and he spent a little bit of time on the sideline too. So, uh, yeah, I think hopefully next year with, um, you know, this year under his belt that he'll, he'll go a little bit better. Um, he's definitely one to watch, isn't he? I, I like the way he runs on the edges and hits his gaps hard. He, he defends hard too, so it's yeah. always. I always like seeing those uh, second rowers uh, being able to slot the centres there. He can sniff out a try, a try line too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's move on to the five, eight, and halfbacks role, and the two best names play both positions. Jonathan Thurston, a clear standout, um, average of seventy-seven, and, and and Andrew, I'll stay with you on Thurston because is it simply just a case of you pick him? before round one and you pick and stick even through the origin and the rest of it because he's that good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't go too large too often, meaning over 100 points, but he, he still 
it's just that consistent, mm. consistent player. And you know he's going to score some goals, and you know he's going to set up a couple of tries at least. And the amount of tackling he does, he doesn't shirk that. So again, super consistent. What else do you need to say about him? I mean, he's he's won the daily M. Let's give him the super Four coach times, crown as well. Yeah. Yeah. Seven scores over a hundred through the year, but only one above a hundred and twelve. So you talk about that high level consistency, you know, a nice ceiling, but like you say, not sort of going to that extreme level, but certainly very good scores. James Maloney was next and he's off to Cronulla next year, Pete, sixty six point two five average. Um the way Cronulla play, is it is he someone maybe you you sort of sliding away from but with with Flanagan, their coach, not not known essentially for his uh his his aggressive nature, he's more conservative. Yeah, it might be a bit of a case of wait and see with James Maloney. Listen, I I gained a lot of respect for Maloney late in the season after, particularly after Pierce got injured. I really thought he took control of the Roosters and and you know I thought his kicking game and everything just went up a gear. Uh, the bloke hardly misses a goal. He's running onto the ball like, of course he. He's going to miss a few tackles, but, you know, there's not too many halves and five-eighths in the game, including one Jonathan Thurston, who, you know, who's, who's not exempt from that. Yeah, so I'd just wait and see how he goes at Cronulla. Um, you know, the first three or four weeks, I wouldn't maybe pick him up straight away, but then just keep an eye on it and see how he goes. Um, his combination, if it works with Jack Bird, man, that could be absolutely dynamite. But yeah, he, maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned, but they got two five-eighths rather than a half-back and a five-eighths, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may not be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. Yeah, he did really well. I I I picked him up after much uh, of my devastation when uh, Johnson went down injured. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I picked him up and he didn't he didn't um, he didn't disappoint. He, he he scored lots of points for me. Yeah, yeah, sixth best overall, and like you say, um, those games leading into the Supercoach finals, a couple of really big ones, it wasn't disappointing in the last two weeks. You know, high sixties. Not a disappointing effort. Andrew, interesting, we, we've talked about 5.8s a lot, you know, over the years on this show. The, the out-and-out 5.8s, the, the super coach dead zone, so you're looking at two guys, I know Maloney wears six, but you know, playing like that 5.8, like a half, as Pete mentioned, you know, obviously Thurston there. And then you've got Anthony Milford, who is a genuine number six coming in at three, so I guess he's the one sort of out, out here there that, that certainly going next year, because he certainly has been finishing the year strong and even in the, in the regular final series, um, could be one to circle. Yeah, again, a lot like uh, Tedesco, I thought I was a little bit of a doubt. I didn't have him all year. Um, yeah, he just kept churning out the points, especially after you know, the first round loss to South. I thought, yeah, get rid of all the Brisbane players, they got nothing. Um, but yeah, his kicking game is only going to get better as well. So again, his running game is so good to watch. Um, he's just going to keep on, on scoring. And I, I guess, yeah, I don't think he's on the origin radar. So I think, um, yeah, he'd, he'd probably be a good safe bet first round. I think, yeah, I think he's one to take early. And um, certainly at this early stage, because the way he played the start of last year when he was, you know, settled in the Canberra system and the way he played the second half of this year settled in the Brisbane um, system, he'll combine the two, I think. I think we'll see a full year of him, and and I guess the only risk would be if he goes that well, he might force his way into Origin. But I think take him regardless. Yeah, that's, yeah. Wade, yeah, there's some players you just have to take, like Thurston, and if Milford's he's sniffing around it around Thurston, not not position wise, but super coach wise. I mean, yeah, yeah take him. 
Wade Graham was an interesting one in that in that five eight position as a second, obviously plays second row. The interesting thing, Pete, about Wade Graham this year, earlier in the year, is trying to play that ball player role still as another half. But once Jack Bird went to five eight, he really did just um, focus on you know the second row of duties. He's still a little bit of ball play, a bit of kicking, but it really improved his game, a lot of hard running, a lot more tackling, and it improved his supercoach scores as well. That's right. I remember him scoring a couple of tries there uh, from close to the line, for example. But, yeah, he's a, a very skilled and much underrated player, Wade Graham. Mm. As you said, uh, can play a couple of positions, so he's really good for, for the supercoach uh, players. And once again, um, as you say, with the with Bird playing at 5'8", it, it really did um, really did suit his game. Uh, he's just a, a player that's got smarts, and I think players like that will always do well in the super coach. Um, in the super coach, he got better and better as the year went on. His top score, like Cronulla, um, ninety-five in round eighteen, and he got ninety-four twice in round twenty-two and round twenty-six. So yeah, that's excellent. That shows a really good, uh, consistent player. As I said, as Cronulla went better, he got better, and you know, there's no coincidence there. He was one of the key reasons. Um, halfbacks after the top two there, Thurston and Maloney. Ben Hunt coming in there. I've already mentioned his compadre there in Anthony Milford, Andrew. But Ben Hunt, another one that I guess only playing halfback might work against him. But you can you can't you can do worse, can't you? And and an Origin, yes, it's potential as we see this year. But maybe he doesn't play Origin either. Yeah, it's probably a safe bet if you want to save those trades during the during the uh, Origin period. He'll I don't know if he'll make any more money than he has this year, next year, because, I mean, I don't know how much better he can play. He's, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. Mm. So, um, yeah, it would be a pretty decent option maybe just heading towards and past the origin period. The origin um, duties will either go to Hunt off the bench, yeah, barring injury, or Daly Evans who came in after Hunt as halfback. So both, both those guys, you know, putting up good numbers, but week to week, Maybe not the consistency of Thurston or even Maloney, Pete. Um, maybe we're looking deeper next year in in some of those roles because you know obviously the money's got to be spread around. But but these have been solid performers this year. You can do worse. Oh, absolutely. Like um, this is Ben Hunt's real first full year. I think in in first grade he was a bit up and down the previous year. With a great coach like Bennett, he's just gone from strength to strength, and you'll expect to see him do better next year. I'll tell you what, Queensland have got so many halves, I can't see them losing the shield for a number of years. <laughs> and that young oh, bloke... I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, that young man would walk into the current New South Wales team. Um, <laughs> he's been outstanding. Kicking game, outstanding. I remember a game against the Roosters where he you know, took the line on and won them, scored him a try in Golden Point. Um, so, no, nah, fantastic player, and he'll play well on Sunday. Look at the second rowers, and Simon Mannering led the way, Mr. Consistent. Um, if not for the Sean Johnson injury, could have even gone higher than his average of 69.08 because when the Warriors fell away at the end, he had a couple of lower scores. Probably a bit disappointing. He might have had him as pretty much a, a, a keeper throughout as a stud, and he didn't quite get the value in the Supercoach finals, Andrew. But uh, I, I, I would assume he's a guy you're looking at again as a banker from, from day one next year. Yeah, again, it's the old uh, not, not going to play Origin, he's a keeper. Um, geez, didn't the Warriors just implode in, oh. as soon as Johnson went off? It was just so disappointing. Um, unbelievable. Yeah, it was just, yeah, like, it's unbelievable. The, um, yeah, I just, 
and I had a lot of worries players in my team just because of the origin thing and yeah it kind of just filled well, my season up well halfway through the year they had seven out of the top 100 players easily the most from any team so it was with good reason to load up on Warriors players well that's right and I mean no one could have predicted what happened I mean no one could have predicted that they would have imploded the way they did when Johnson went down you, you know you think they'd go back but not not with the way Chad Townsend was playing, not with Sam Tompkins around, not with Tomalula Lale, who was their best mm. player. Yeah, he one, was. You know, in those final few weeks. Oh, right. yeah. um, but next year with Isaac Luke and Tadashashek coming, I think, you know, they'll be ready for everything. Yeah, I think that, that steadiness in the spine, it's, I mean, it's the, the Kiwi spine, so they're going to, mm. I mean, they're going to terrorise us in the tests as well. So um, hope, hope, I'm hoping that they'll, they'll do well next year. I think it's a, it's a guarantee the two Queensland teams uh, doing so well <laughs> to do it so well this year, sort of alluding from the dominance that Queensland have had in origin. But New Zealand are starting to dominate the tests, and so the Warriors, I think, it won't be long before they become a perennial top performer. And then what's less for us, New South Welshmen? Uh, we're just hoping our teams yeah. don't get kicked out of the comp. Speak for yourself. Corey Parker coming in next, uh, Mr. Reliable there, 76.19, top the front rowers, second only to Simon Mannering in the second row, playing the dual position, he's got everything going for him, Peter. Uh, I mean, there's not really anything more to say. You probably, if you're not picking up in round one, you're picking him up in round two. He had a scare in round one this year, if you recall. He was saying that under Bennett, maybe time to, to, to move on at the high price, but it didn't take long for him to find his group. Nah, you, you're mad if you pass off Corey Parker next year. The bloke is just... You know, he's getting older, or he looks like they say they call him 40 20 because he's, you know, when he's, he looks in his 40s, but he's actually, you know, not that quite that old. But, um, you know, he, no, fantastic season, as we say. Um, didn't play the 80 minutes this year like, like he has in the past, and Bennett has just, that's just been an absolute masterstroke. Um, he broke, broke down like his point scoring record for the Broncos early this year, and it's, you know, it's hardly put a foot wrong all year, and, you know, the Broncos will be very thankful he's there on Sunday. A couple of interesting names um, coming in after that from second row perspective. Uh, Andrew, Sean Fenson, 64.43 average. I thought he really improved as the year went on. He wasn't getting the minutes similar to, to the Parker situation where, where Stewart was managing Fenson's minutes a bit more and he managed to finish off the year, which he wouldn't couldn't do over the past couple of seasons. And then Tohu Harris, who was a breakout Supercoach star at the beginning of last year, and certainly continuing on with a fine, more consistency this time around, but 60.61. A um, couple of guys that could be a little bit too high priced to consider early, but, um, you know, certainly ones you want to keep on your radar for next year at some point in the year. Oh, definitely. I mean, Fenson was not quite as good as Parker, but he's, you know, Same sort of in that, in yeah. that ilk. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a, he was very consistent last year, and then, like you said, he started off a bit slow and then he started playing a bit more minutes and just his work rate alone is worth the points. And uh, Tohu Harris, I mean, he can't score a try, can't he? He's a, he's a hard-working, and runs hard, tackles hard. He's, uh, he's definitely stepped up that work rate, hasn't he? In yeah, yeah. He, when he first burst on the scene, he wasn't... I mean, he was a good cash cow, but mm. now he's, yeah, a point-scoring machine. So one, of the real, yeah. one of the real underrated players in that Melbourne team for mine. And Munster will move to the centres next year, which Harris had to spend a bit of time out there, and that really, that really 
uh, made his supercoach points suffer. So hopefully next year he'll be permanent fixture in the back row. Uh, a couple of the other second rowers that did well, um, we already mentioned Wade Graham. Gavin Cooper in there as well and, and Josh Papali actually plays two positions. Um, Papali was the third best front rower. So that, that goes to show how tough it is to sort of hit on front rowers unless it's Corey Parker which means that's where you might look at cheapies next year when you start with your salary cap. Jesse Bromwich was the other, and he, and he, he probably got going throughout the year, Pete, but 62.13, it was, it, you know, that's, that's a decent average, but uh, another New Zealander that, you know, you want to have around that origin time, I guess. New Zealander and injury-free, two, two keys there, uh, and playing for Melbourne. Yeah, he, he had a great year uh, up front, making plenty of metres, and was absolute cornerstone for the Storm again, again this year. And after Papali, Andrew Cade Snowden and George Burgess, very different top performers. Cade Snowden, Mr. Consistency, probably the quiet achiever of, of the Supercoach competition, not rated by many, but continued to churn out big numbers. And George Burgess was probably rated a bit overrated, uh, especially since Sam Burgess um, was moving on. And, and while he didn't do as well as what people hoped, he still ended up the, the fifth best front roller in, uh, when all was said and done. Yeah, I guess with uh, the old Cade Snowden thing, it's just hard to pick someone whose team's going so badly, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it, like you said, he was so under the radar. He wasn't on my radar at all, um, even though he was scoring points. And um, again, Jordy Burgess, there was just they just weren't the same boys this year, were they? The Burgess twins no. are without without Sammy, so um, that would that would be pretty disappointed with their season, I guess. Um, and yeah, they just weren't making those blockbusting runs and scoring as many tries as they were uh, last year. So, I don't know, maybe keep an eye on them for next year. Souths looked tighter overall. Um, front rise is also tough because of the endurance factor and the you know the heavy toll on the body and missing games. You had you know, top performers like Ben Maddalino coming in after these players. You know, Paul Gallen because of the injuries and origin duty. You know, Paul Vaughan was an up-and-comer. He was sort of there or there, thereabouts after Gallen in that position. Then looking at guys like St George had some consistent contributors like Mike Cooper there, Tim Manor from Parramatta, you know, Marty Tapao from the Tigers. Um, these are guys you know you're probably going to be thinking about a bit more as you go, but you're not necessarily getting the up upside there. But obviously they were able to stay on the field and, and get that going. Um, and finally the hooker position, it was really a tale of three players, Pete and Cameron Smith did lead the way in the end. Look, he didn't probably have as good a season as he's had in the past, a little bit more up and down, but at the end of the day, an average of 65.71, you can't really complain. Not at all, and I remember at the beginning of the season, there was rumours uh, right up till almost game eve for the, the first round game against the Dragons that, um, that, that looked like Cameron Smith had had this off-season operation, was going to miss the first four weeks, and how would he come back, and whatever. Came out and played the first game, got pretty much close to man of the match, and, and never really looked back. Um, was once again very good for, for Queensland this year. Uh, had some off-field distractions, but still, once again, um, was one of the big three for, for for the Storm. And, you know, particularly with that Billy Slater, just really showed a bit more extra leadership. And, yeah, just was was tough as they come and very, very consistent all year. Yeah, and Andrew, um, well, it was Andrew McCulloch, your namesake there, that was second on the hooker list by, by quite a way. But, you know, he didn't have the same upside of, let's say, Jane Seguiara or Jake Granby who had a good year in his own right, but just missed it consistent. He did, didn't he? It just nothing too spectacular from him. I mean, 
pops up when he needs to and, and just makes his tackles. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, yeah, what else can you say about him? Just, yeah, I mean, you don't realise the work he's done and when he's not there, the work's not being done. So he's just tradesman-like and, and gets through his work and, like I said, consistent all year. Top score of 88, so not with that same upside. But um, look, we should mention Jake Granville, not quite at, at the level, um, mainly because earlier in the year he was splitting time. He had early scores of 27, 20, 37, 24 and 28. And of course he had that injury where he just got the one. So you take those out and really Granville, you're looking at a potential sort of um, top performer at hooker for next year. Josh Hodgson will be the other interesting one just below Granville there, the Raiders hooker peak because... He was a really, uh, a really strong achiever and finished, finished the year with, with some, um, good games too. Listen, this bloke, I wondered who the Raiders have bought after their hooker at the beginning of the year. I hadn't really heard of this bloke at all and he'd come across from the from British Super League and yeah, I mean, he played every game for the Raiders pretty much and he, yeah, it was just outstanding. Once again, nothing spectacular. Bit of in the Andrew McCulloch mold. But, yeah, just was really good in the spine for the Raiders. Made plenty of tackles and it showed some leadership, I think. Probably took a little bit of the pressure off a couple of other guys, particularly Croker out in the centres. But, uh, yeah, no, I really liked him and, yeah, he'd be a good pick up again for next year. should mention Mitch Rainer just coming in after them. Probably a step below, but you're still keeping an eye on him um, at hooker because you know, some of the other big names like Robbie Farrell, like James Seguiero, are not quite coming through for you this year. Um, Mitch Rampton and Blake Austin, of course, got to play the two positions. Probably won't get him at hooker next year. Uh, this is Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast, our very special grand final edition. Of course, it wouldn't be much of a grand final edition if we didn't talk about the big game. Andrew Brisbane and the Cowboys. Uh, what do you make of it all? Which way is it going to go? I, uh, I, I honestly think the, uh, the Cowboys have got Brisbane's number. I mean, I know... Wow. Brisbane have been very good all year mm. and, and surprised a lot of people. They surprised me. Their defence is outstanding, but I just think the Cowboys, I think uh, their semi-final the other the other mm. week was... Yeah, I, 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 I think Cowboys could have won and, and Thurston is just too good not to learn from his mistakes that he made. So I, 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 I'm a, I am leaning towards a Cowboys win. Um, I guess there is that benefactor with, with uh, Brisbane. He's never lost a grand final, is that, isn't that right? So, seven from seven. Can he make yeah. it eight from eight? That's... Yeah, I mean, that's just amazing. So um, surely he's due to lose one, if anything. Pete, what do you reckon? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this one a bit. I would really love to see the Cowboys win it. Um, they've been very close in the last few years and their supporters are a very loyal bunch, you know, since they... Coming to the comp back in 1995, 21 years ago now, it's their 21st season, their supporters have been rocking up in big numbers. Um, some clubs would love to have half their crowd numbers on a regular basis. They drive for hours. It's a rugby league stronghold. There's been some greats come from there, Gordon Tallis, uh, Rod Reddish from up that way and, and, and others over time. They really, and of course Thurston now, um, had a great season. Love to see him win, but I think this benefactor has got me worried from the Broncos. I've just seen what he's done in the past with, with grand final teams. He's been a little bit lucky a couple of times in grand finals in the past, but um, as you said, the only the only one he's lost is when he was assistant for Canberra back in 87, so that doesn't really count. It was more on Don Turner. But, um, yeah, I have to say what my head thinks, and I think the Broncos have just got that little bit of edge 
of experience. They got that extra Hodges backer to play for. They'll have a crowd against them for sure. But, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's the Broncos to win. I've got to side with you, Pearl. You know, you watch the games and you think, oh, I think the Cowboys will will do it, but you just look at the Bennett factor and the fact that Brisbane have been essentially written off all year. Yeah, they'll go, you know, they'll have a bet, they're having a good year, but at business end, you'll realise they're still 12 months away. Well, they're not. They're here. They did the job. You know, they beat the Roosters handily and the Roosters were probably the, the best team for most of the year. Not all the year because Brisbane and the Cowboys were very good as well and even the Saints for a time. But um, I, I just can't, you know, when it comes to that, I can't, I look at the past and say, you know, this is what happened. Bennett wins the grand final. Well, I tipped the Cowboys a few weeks ago, so I'm, <laughs> I'm always stick torn. with what you say. Yeah, Pete, always don't it's, change. It's going to be it's going to be a great game. I think it, it could go well down to the wire, and uh, who knows? I'd love to see the Cowboys win it, but you know, I'll have a go each way. Well, we'll do the game recap as we have been doing all final series here at www.supercoachpros.com. So. Use that wisely because that information, even though it is final series, you might not be playing super coach now or a different style if you're into the NRL final super coach, but uh, you can still use that at game recap information. We're getting interesting things. We're looking at the way like Kyle Feltz playing, for example, you know, Corey Oates. We're looking at some of these guys all the way through. Every time they get on the field, they're, you know, they're showing us something that could be utilized um, when we're making our selections for next year. We're going to be doing the off-season show, as um, I mentioned earlier, um, there, so make sure you, you know, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, you must do that now at Supercoach Pros and look on the website www.supercoachpros.com. Thank you so much for listening throughout the year. We really appreciate it. There, there is no show without the listenership and you know, the, the followers on Twitter. So we're very appreciative of that. We hope that we've helped you out. We hope some of you got a victory in the end in your Supercoach final. And you'll be back with us, not only um, next year, but through the off-season as well. Andrew, thank you so much for everything um, all year round. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again, of course, in the off-season. Pleasure, mate. What's better than sitting around mates talking footy? Yeah, exactly. Pete, thank you as well for everything throughout the year. Not only with this podcast, but your contribution to the website, Pete's Profits, the match, the game recaps. Uh, I couldn't have done it yet. No problem. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure being part of it and exactly what Andrew said. You know, who, who wouldn't want to talk about one of the best sports in the world? And of course, I am Paulie G. Big shout out to, to Ryan, you know, the, uh, the, the big time gridiron player. He's, you know, all, all the work that he's done as, as all four of us, um, bringing this to you as a super gauge professionals and we will talk to you in the yeah, off season. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much, Pete. And we'll talk to you in the off season. And that's all for now. And, uh, Good luck. If you're a Brisbane or North Queensland supporter, good luck to you this Sunday. It should be a fantastic finish for a great season of Rugby League. Bye now.